West Limerick 102 FM West Limerick 102 in the morning brought to you by Cushana Credit Union with branches in Askeaton, Paliskenry, Shanagolden, Foynes, Glynn and Tarbert. You are listening to Country Life with Morgan O'Flaherty on Western Rick 102 FM. How you doing, folks? You're very welcome. You're tuned to West Limerick 102 FM. I'm your host, Morgan O'Flaherty with Country Life. Um, I hope you enjoyed the show last week. Um, we covered a Ford. We're, we're going away from the music and we're going away from the, the, the vintage rallies because there's none on at the moment. So what we're going to do at the moment, we're going to concentrate on a different brand of tractor or a different brand of car or whatever. Um, so this week, or last week, we suppose, first of all, we done Ford. Um, I had two fantastic people on there. John O'Connell was one of them. Dave Corn from Tralee was another one of them. And they both spoke about Fords. Now, we had a couple of requests about uh, playing the show again. So it's on as a podcast so if you go into Google and you type in Morgan O'Flaherty Country Life, um, thanks to the voice here, thanks to Patrick, Patrick Sheehan. Patrick set up a kind of a podcast thing for me. Um, I'm not even too sure what's it on. I have to look it up. I can tell you after the ad break. And um, Patrick set that up. So that's going. If you go into Google and type in Morgan O'Flaherty Country Life, you'll get up the podcast from um, last week's show. Um and this week's one I was going to go up straight away again this morning. So this week we're going to concentrate on David Browns. So if you have anyone that's into David Browns, give him a ring this minute or give him a text or give him a WhatsApp or whatever. And tell him tune into Western Mac Radio 102 FM and they'll get us here. Um, on the phone to give us, I suppose, a good bit of information about David Brown and the history of David Brown and how David Brown got started and all this is a fellow by the name of Shane Gregan. Shane, I suppose, is down from Wexford. Is it Wexford you're from, Shane? County Wexford, the model county, that's right. The model county, County Wexford. The I wasn't too sure for a minute. Shane, we're, we're, go- we're going to call you for this morning anyway. We're going to call you our David Brown guru. All right. <laughs> well, I've been called worse things than that, so that's yeah, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Tell me, Shane, I suppose you started off with David Browns, your father started off before you, and you're you're still into David Browns and all this. That's right. Yeah, actually, my grandfather actually was the first one. Um, in the sixties, my grandfather had a small business, small farm, and he's under a market garden and things like that. Mm-hmm. And he decided he was a very progressive man, and there wouldn't have been many tractors around there at that, that time. But anyway, the first thing he done was he went around to different auctions buying implements, buying harrows and. Time bars and things like that, and I think people thought he was going a little bit uh, strange because all he had was horses. Yeah. So he decided he was going to buy a tractor, and there was a local man had a David Brown 850, and he had a man walking from. My grandfather said at the time, if that tractor is able to stick to hardship, that man's given that. It's a David Brown I'm going to buy. Yes. And that was the start of it then. We bought a first tractor, a 950 then, and that was the start of it then. A 950, a red, a red, a red 950. A 950, yeah. Uh, And you know, I suppose talking of your grandfather there, you know, that was great thinking of him. But you know, 
even thinking about my own grandfathers back in 1961 or two or three or four, like you said, all they had was horses and they had no interest in tractors or, or they couldn't see the tractor thing even catching on, I suppose, really. Yeah, no, my, my father and my grandfather had a big family. There was 12 children in the family, including my father. And he actually kept, he moved down to here from Victor originally and he was actually a chauffeur in an estate. And he got going himself and started off when he came down here, I think it was six acres he started off with. Mm-hmm. And I think by the time he was finished at 80 acres. Brilliant. He worked hard, um, got going then, my uncle got going contracting and his father got going when he got old enough then. We would all move along through the line, the ball had 9.90 then, we had a couple of different bread in the 90s and we had an 8.50. And then in 1970, we got at the time the big tractor, got a 1200. Oh. And when they got the 1200 in 1970, people came from bikes and everything to see the tractor. Yeah. And they said, you're not buying such a big tractor, you won't be able to get in through gateways or anything, such a big machine. Yes. <laughs> and we still have that tractor, by the way. Oh, brilliant, fantastic. We have that tractor. So, they said the uncle started off then bailing hay and things like that, and uh, plowing and reseeding, and... My uncle went and bought uh, five for a blow, five for a 14 inch keyboard and blow, and he bought it on the 1200. And the dealer told me, Madam won't be able to pull it. And he wore out three sets of boards on the blow. Brilliant, fantastic. And on the same 1200. Yeah. Same 1200. And when they started off silage cutting in 1981, they bought New Holland. Actually, they started off with a kid mm-hmm. And that 1200 cut over a thousand acres of silage the first year. Brilliant. Now, anyone that had set out now to go to house makers of silage with a double shop house, used to start in April, and they still be at silage in the end of October, November. Yeah, well, I believe it, yeah, because the young fellas told me stories about cutting with a single chop harvester, cutting six and seven acres a day, like. Yeah. You know, that was fair. And it was serious, serious going, and they had two square bailers on, on the road as well, and they were bailing, I'll have to, I could be telling you wrong now, but I'm nearly full sure they're talking about bailing over 50,000 square bales. Yeah, 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 yeah. I believe it. Yeah, everyone had, everyone had a small field and everyone had a couple of bales to make for themselves, like. Exactly, yeah. I suppose. And that time, like, the difference, it's just totally the difference now in contract. Now, I remember my uncle only telling me a while ago, there was more hay one day for a fella, and the customer come to the field, there was no mobile phones at that time. And he stopped my uncle and he said to him, I want you to mow a meadow. And my uncle said, no problem, it's about the diary. He looked and he said, I won't get to you for three weeks and the customer said, sorry, I'll wait. Yeah, that was it, yeah. yeah they wouldn't wait, three, wouldn't wait three minutes today, but anyway, that's, that was the waiting for that time. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I believe it, yeah, because I've heard stories like that from my wife's uncle. He was a, a bit of a contractor down in South Kerry and um, he told me similar now stories to that. He said, like, you'd have the diary full and you just you just work on and you just get you get to the fellas when they get to do and at nine times out of ten, they had no choice anyway, only wait for you. Wait for you, exactly, yeah, but I'm afraid in this modern day world that doesn't happen. No, it doesn't. And I suppose that's why the that's why the bale of hay is gone as well. Exactly, yeah. Now, I'm actually sure, look, people talk about the great times years ago, loading square bales and everything else. If you want it for long enough now, I tell you the good times goes out of it pretty quick. It does, yeah. <laughs> the good times goes out of it after about the first ten bales. <laughs> it does. Yeah. It was a great invention, and a front loader was a great invention. It was, yeah, it was, yeah. But I suppose, why, why David Brown? I know you told me your grandfather the reason he bought that one, but like, you know, I know you still have David Browns and all that, like, but 
how come you didn't go to a, I suppose a, a different model or were you that happy well, with yeah. him? Over the years we tried different tractors, even to, even up to lately, like we've tried different tractors. Like they had Fords and Majors and they had Ford three thousands and they bought a Ford five thousand one. Like everyone was raging, raving about a Ford five thousand. I tell you one thing, like you pack up the Ford five thousand if you had a twelve hundred. Some people just give out about twelve hundred being underpowered, but I yeah. know when you got a good one, you did you did get a good one. Yes, yeah, 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 you know, yeah. Oh, we got on well with him and everything else. And then my father started up mechanic and then doing repairs and stuff in the late 60s, early 70s. Mm-hmm. He started up his own separate business, which is still going strong here today. And um, he got going very well and is kind of known all over Ireland. And could play the, could play the world as well as being a kind of a David Brown expert. Yeah, without a doubt, um, yeah. All, all, always has been and always very willing to help people, people ring and things like that. And sure, look, we just got big into them and big into the history of them and things like that. We've been over to Melton a couple of times, although there's not much left over there now, but we've been over there a few times. And yeah. Very interesting. The history of David Brown is very interesting. And do you know a lot of the history, Shane, yourself? I would. I know a good bit on it. Like, it's, it's, you know yourself when you're kind of on the spot, it's be hard to remember, I think. But the way David Brown went into tractor in the first place was Harry Ferguson in 1933 when he bought, designed his famous black tractor, mm-hmm. as it was called. First tractor to, to feature a three-point hydraulic linkage. He went to David Brown in England to make the gears for the gearbox, some of the castings and things like that. Yeah. So in 19, late 1938, he was looking for someone to build the tractor. So him and David Brown came to an agreement to build Ferguson Brown. So 1939, 1936, sorry, 1936, the Ferguson Brown came out, but it wasn't out very long, and they were getting a lot of problems. They had a lot of problems with the engines, trying to get the engines in time. Thousand tractors in, in a couple of days. Tractors. Yeah, it was never had never been matched before. It came near before, and oh, a few days later, the war broke out. Yeah, World War Two broke out. So eventually, did make three thousand Vac One A's or Vac One. Sorry, but it took a lot longer than expected because David Brown were the factories were sent in to make him landing gear for the Spitfires and various things. David Brown made a lot of military stuff as well. Yeah, I actually, you know, when you're talking of, of the war, of the war and Spitfires and all this, I've been told by a couple of different people that some of the components on the Spitfires are very similar, are the same as some of the components on the tractors. That's right. Yeah. yeah. 
they had an awful lot of stuff for tanks and things like that. One of David Brown's head designers, Dr. Murray, his name was, he worked with David Brown before the war and he left David Brown and he went to Nutfield. Now, the Nutfield Universal or Nutfield, whatever you want to call it, very early Nutfield, if you look at a Nutfield and you look at a 50D David Brown, which was a 600 David Brown, the tractors are very, very similar to look at. Yes. Both tractors had the sliding back hopes and everything else. David Brown actually had that. People think Nutfield bought that, of course, but David Brown had that first. And that's the reason for that. That's yeah. the reason for that. He, he went to Nutfield. Yeah, do you know, I suppose, cross-contamination is what we call it. Well, that's what you could call it, I suppose, yeah. yeah. But the thing, one thing I always liked about David Brown was, David Brown for a small company, in my opinion, they were always well ahead of the rest and everything did on because David Brown was always a very forward-thinking man. He was the first British tractor to fit their own diesel engine. Now, Ferguson had a diesel engine now, but we were buying them off a standard, standard motor company. Yeah. David Brown designed his own diesel engine they were the first tractor in the world. People say Ferguson was the first tractor in the world to have a hydraulic linkage. Technically, yeah. But David Brown had to build it for Couldn't build it himself. Yeah, but David yeah. Brown was the first one to fit a hydraulic linkage. First tractor in the world, British tractor, to be fitted with a 6-speed transmission. First tractor to be fitted with a 12-speed transmission. First tractor to be fitted with a 4-speed PTO, which was the 50D. And the first tractor to be fitted with a semi-automatic transmission, which was the Hydroshift. Yeah. Can I go back to you there for two seconds? You said the first fellow to be fitted with a four-speed PTO. Four-speed PTO. The 50D David Brown was fitted with a four-speed PTO. Brilliant. 540, uh, 420, I think, 540, 620, and 1,000. But the only drawback in the 50D, the 50D was a six-cylinder writer, 50 horsepower, which I suppose a lot of power up there, but the only drawback in it was never fit any hydraulics. Yeah, no hydraulics, okay. <laughs> No, they basically were a crawler on wheels is what they were. An awful lot of them were sent out to Africa and Trinidad and places like that for drawing sugar cane. There was 1,260 of them built and one of them tractors today is worth serious money. Anywhere from 35 maybe to 60,000 euros. Oh my God. I, won't, I won't be buying one of them shots, no, you know. I, I, I won't be buying one either, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Shane, can I cut across you there for one second and we might just go to a quick ad break. And no problem, we, yeah. we'll come back and we will continue our story if that's okay with yourself. That's 100%, no problem. Perfect, Shane. Let's put, we'll just call it across there. We're just going to take a quick ad break, folks. You're tuned to West Limerick 102 FM and we'll talk to you after these. West Limerick 102 FM. How are you doing, folks? You're very welcome back. You're tuned to West Limerick 102 FM um, with Morgan O'Flaherty with Country Life. Um, we're talking David Brown tractors this morning and the history of David Brown. And on the phone with us, um, our David Brown guru, we're going to call him this morning, we have Shane Gregan from, um, where are we from again, Shane? Wexford? From County Wexford, yeah. And Shane, we were talking there about, I suppose, the different, um, I suppose, the different options you had with David Brown tractors and uh, VAK1s and the, the four-speed PTOs and all that. Like, But I suppose... Uh, apart from all that, David Brown also, you know, the different types of tractors you could get. You could get the high crop, the narrow tractor and all that. Like, they were all available kind of off the shelf. They did, yeah. Like, like before the Intermag series was launched in uh, 61, the Intermag came out in 1961, David Brown really do were verifying too much. They had uh, the crawler tractors, the narrow tractors, they had aircraft towing tractors, did several different types of implements. They had you take you had your crop master, your diesel crop master. Then you had your stripped down version with twenty five D and thirty D, the fifty D. 
really they were offering too much stuff to be honest with you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't they had they had a bit of everything. They had a bit of everything, but like like I'd imagine like breathing that some of that stuff is so rare today is like I remember I remember talking to someone before and they say for argument's sake, right, we're we'll after getting an order in there now for fifty crawlers that make maybe a hundred crawlers or maybe make sixty or seventy crawlers. Now the other ones could sit there for months. Yes. This kind of thing was going on, like I suppose like even at that stage, tractor production was still fairly new to them. They were kind of dipping their toes in the water and everybody else guards to different things and trying different things, I suppose. We launched the 2D Dave Brown, which was um, well ahead of its time at the time. A very rare tractor now. We actually have one ourselves. But, like, it had a lot of very... It was basically a tool carrier, but the engine was behind you. You were sitting on the seat and the implement went across in front of you. You're right, so there were a long tractor. Oh, yes. Tractor. I know yeah. the type, yeah. Yeah, and the chassis, like, on, on them tractors, like, like that's the reason why we bought one, like, they're only 18 horsepower, but the thing about it is, that air-assisted hydraulic something, yeah. they had an air-cooled engine that David Brown designed themselves, and they had something in an engine that confuses an awful lot of people, a two-cylinder engine with three pistons, an awful lot of people get very confused when you say that to them, that's a two-cylinder engine with three pistons, people can't understand this. Yeah, I'm kind of and half thinking here now myself. <laughs> yeah, and the reason for that was, Indian pistons going up and down and you had one cat piston facing down towards the sump to keep the engine in balance. Alright, okay. But like you, could you imagine at the time in today's money now going and designing an engine especially for one model even though it was an air-cooled engine like instead of buying an air-cooled engine on a bike or something like that to design an engine from scratch for a model that ends up that there wasn't that many of them made when we were finished like that like that some of them financial decisions that wouldn't have been today wouldn't be wouldn't be very acceptable anyway. Yeah, no you wouldn't no, definitely not. You know, even talking about them 2Ds now, do you know what, I've seen a few of them and I know a fellow with one of them, but what what impressed me with them completely took me by surprise, the chassis in them is actually um, an, an air compressor tank. That's right, a little tank, that's right, yeah. Yeah, do you know, like, they were so far ahead in their thinking. Do you know well, the problem, when the 2D came out, the problem was, at that stage, an awful lot of like the TVO purposes and things like that were on the market second hand and they would be bought cheaper yes. than buying the 2D well, like they were a little bit late on that now I know all the chambers in America had a very similar model and Dave Brown could have even I think they could have even made a model after all the chambers so I'd say the idea possibly might have been, might have been you know modelled on the, on the all the chambers idea but the idea was great if you had market garden and certainly it was great there were several different types of them as well there was a short one there was a wide one there was a different industrial one to them well, it was just a little bit too late, I think, when they went into it. Yeah, 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 yeah. They were, like, they were, they were, yeah, they were that bit too late. And I suppose they had the bigger tractors out before it. And, you know, even like the 850s, like the 990s and the 900s, they were fierce, manoeuvrable tractors compared to some of the other stuff that was available. Well, that's the thing. And, like, you take, for argument's sake, you take a 990 implement, right? They've run a 90 implement. Like they were 52 horsepower. And like they would, I know some of the listeners would not be very happy with me saying this now, but they would outperform a major. They would, yeah. And yeah. Unfield 1060 was 60 horsepower on a big tractor. The boots that was in them little red then 990s, now they weren't little at the time, they were the biggest day of ground, you could get. Yeah. But they actually, they made them ground. Like, you imagine what they demonstrated them tractors brand new. They brought six for it, selling out the plow behind a red 90. People said first they wouldn't be able to pull it. They used to pull the plow and then they'd invite you to bring out your tractor. The llamas of the Dave Brown. Sometimes the llamas of Ferguson's too. You bring out your Dave Brown and your plow and you used to chain to the back of the six for a plow 
and pull that tractor as well. Some people probably won't believe that or digest that, but if you actually go on YouTube, they recreated them demonstrations doing that. Fantastic. I actually... Now, a, lot of that was, a lot of that was down to them brown hydraulics. Yeah. And the, and the way the headstock of the plough and all was designed, people say then, it was only a 12-inch plough, it was only a 10-inch plough, whatever. It's still a 6-4 plough behind a 52-horsepower yeah. tractor. I was actually... John, you said that now, it brought back a story to my head that I was told a couple of years ago, I suppose, going back in the 60s and 70s, um... I have a feeling it was the white one, so it might have been a nine, nine five, or maybe could even have been a twelve hundred. Um, they came to Tralee to do demonstrations. I suppose at the time, Connie Nolan would have been the main dealer in Tralee, but they went up a place up the back of Tralee, up Farmers Bridge, doing a demonstration, and the ground was high enough, and like that, it was a twelve for a plough. But whoever they brought to do the demonstrations was not a first cousin related to a farmer. And he knew absolutely nothing about tractors, but he was sent down to demonstrate this tractor. So he went inside the yeah. gate and he dropped the plough. And like that, turned the six six odds all the way to the bottom of the field. And yeah. Connie Nolan and a few more of the David Brown boys and the, the mechanics were below waiting for him to come back up. And they both, they all put their hands up in their head and closed their eyes. Your man turned around in the bottom of the field, in a good steep field now. And he dropped the plough again. And he ploughed the whole way back up to the top of the field again. And they just, yeah. they, they, they couldn't believe it. They couldn't yeah. believe that this tractor was after pulling this six for a plough down a good steep field. And he pulled yeah. it back up again, up against the hill, which was completely unheard of. In 1961, when they launched the Red 90, they went around doing that demonstration. They went all over the world, Africa and places like that. And the factory had to go into 24 hour shifts. They could not get tractors out. They made 40,000 tractors in four years. 40,000 red mm-hmm. 90 alone. They could yeah. not. People were mad for these by 90s and everything else. And they really were. That's what really I think. People talk about crop masters. There was over 60,000 crop masters made. But I think the 990 really put David Brown on the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It did without a shadow of a doubt. The 990, the 880, all that kind of stuff. Like. Yeah. And 880, like you take. I was talking to a man one day who was a massive Ferguson salesman for 40 years. And Massey Ferguson, man, I'm into the bone now. Yeah. And we're talking one day, get nothing but Massey, and he's getting nothing about David Brown. So I said, he had to admit, he said, he had the exact number, though, I can't take it off the top of my head. Let's just say, they made 500,000 one three five Masseys. Yeah. He said, there's 500,000 one three five Masseys all in the world. And I said, yeah. He said, if they had to go on David Brown, AA, YAA, and painted the red and put Massey one three five on the solar side of it, to the solar millennium. Brilliant. Yeah. He said, any time he went out to do a demonstration by 135, it was a day down AE there, he turned around and he went home. Yeah. Because there was no way he was going to be able to watch it match an AE, and he said, if you were there with a 165, he'd still be afraid. AE didn't really match what a 165 would do. Yeah, brilliant. Now, I know there's going to be a lot of your listeners are massive, and probably throwing forks at the radio. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm going to be for saying, but I'm only telling you my experience. That's yeah. That's all you do with my experience. Yeah, but <laughs> it, it is true. Like, and you know, I've driven... I've driven David Browns and I've driven 135s and I've driven 165s and 880s and 990s and even a 1200. But the David Brown, okay, fellas would fellas do prefer the Massey. There's no point saying they don't, but they do. But the David Brown is a way smoother tractor. And like, even I know it and you know it yourself, the sound of the David Brown 8080 engine, that's the sweetest sound in the country. Here in the workshop, we have a dynamiter here, testing the horsepower. And uh, he's like the Mahiko's sold, so 46 horsepower tractor. 
Yeah. 42 horsepower on the BDO. Yeah. Well, I've tested them here up as far as 58 horsepower on the BDO. Brilliant. The yeah. power in it was unbelievable and you could redden them on the dynamometer. I shouldn't be saying that in case any of your customers listening, but yeah. the exhaust will turn purple. Uh, it'll just keep fighting. But you more ne- you dog it, the more it'll keep fighting. You've never done that to a customer tractor, though? Oh, no, I've never ironed me. I won't try to tell you. Yeah. I won't try to for demonstration purposes. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. No, but like, they, they were they were a fantastic tractor and they were so much ahead of their times. And I wonder, we'll say talking about hours, what kind of hours do you reckon that David Brown could have put up, we'll say, on the clock or whatever, like... I've heard of absolutely phenomenal hours of engines not being touched and things like that. Um, good oil is a big... Good oil and keeping a tractor well serviced is a big secret. Yeah. But we ourselves here have a Dave Brown 1690. It's 1982 four-wheel drive 690 we're using the contract business. And there's 42,000 hours in that right now. 42 genuine... 42,000 genuine... 42,000 hours. Now, I'll tell you about that tractor. The gearbox has never been touched in that tractor. Since we have it. We have it since 1989. The brakes never been touched. She's been pulling big loads up as far as 15 and 16 down with no trailer brakes on it. She got pistons and rings. She got about six clutches, and three of them clutches to rivets alone. There were, there were uh, a bad batch of clutches that was going around at the time, rivets alone. That's actually what happened. The clutches there didn't wear at all. Yeah. The bushings wore in the front axle, and I broke the pinion shaft on the front axle that had to be repaired. But that's all that tractor ever got. My God. Now, if you're driving her, if you go up that tractor, which was really sprayed now here a few years ago, I kind of felt a bit sorry for it, but if you go up that tractor now to drive it, the pedals are not completely smooth, the gear sticks are well worn, things like that. But still, just start first tip. Great tractor to pull and everything else. And last year was the first year since 1990 that I didn't push in all the silage. We actually bought a oh, case MX110 on the bit. But she was to push in all the silage, and we would have been cutting close to maybe eight or 900 acres of silage on them. Brilliant. Brilliant. And what are you cutting silage with now, or is it all bales you're doing? No, mostly, well, it's mostly pit silage and bales we're doing. We're yeah. uh, we're with two six cylinder, two sixteen ninety four Dave Browns and two class or two Crown mowers. And we're picking up with a Pottinger Mix Six and a Case twenty two ninety, which is an American built case. Yes, I know the ones. Yeah. And we're drawing in them with a couple of sixteen ninety fours and a couple of fifteen ninety fours. Fantastic! All six so cylinders. They're all they're, they're all they're all Dave Brown still, but. Just getting back to the history of Dave Brown, one of the biggest mistakes Dave Brown ever made, of course. He was a very wealthy landowner, wealthy, well-to-do kind of a fella and everything else, but he wasted an awful lot of money on Austin Martin cars. Yeah, yeah. He loved Austin Martin cars, and look at people that love Austin Martin, probably wouldn't be happy with me saying that or whatever, but it really was a company he didn't make any money of. No, no. But he never he never kind of built the Austin Martins himself. He kind of designed them, but he got the other... Did he get the DB1 and the DB2 built by one crowd and then the rest of them were taken over by another crowd? And What happened was, Austin Martin had a good car, but it had a bad engine. Not yeah. that they were a bad engine, but they weren't winning any races or anything. So they were round by Austin Martin, and a few months later they bought a company called the Gondit that made cars. Yeah. And he put the Lagonda engine then into Dawson Martins and he really took off then. He won the lands with the Monier. Brilliant. He owned a lot of land. I think, I think they have run before he left England. I think I think he, he owned up to close to 18,000 acres. Yeah. But I honestly believe, I've often talked to him, people say to me that Dave Brown was still making tractors and everything else. Like the 51 series case Maxims. Yeah. They were going to be built in Melton. Dave Brown had done most of the design on them tractors. On the case, Tenneco actually bought International A for you. Tenneco wanted case as well. People always say case 
bankrupt. And I company called Tenico bought them. And the reason they bought actually Dave Brown, not a lot of people know this, but Dave Brown made a lot of stuff for a million and uh, million and oil excavation and things like that. Right. And they had these big drill bits for drilling that were being made and Tenneco actually bought Dave Brown for them. Okay. That was the idea. That's the reason why they bought Dave Brown as a company. Yeah, yeah. But what Tenneco didn't know is when they were buying Dave Brown tractors or whatever, they got some of the engineering business but they didn't get it all. Mm-hmm. So Dave Brown, Dave Brown as a company is actually still going in England. But the drilling end of things is actually part of that end of the company. I think Tenneco didn't get that part at all. Oh, right, okay, yes. But I honestly believe that Dave Brown was still making the tractor. I believe, I, I actually think they were so far ahead on transmission and stuff. Now, they always made an noisy transmission, which is strange for a gear company, but an awful lot of that to do with, with, with well, to do with two things. One was straight cut gears. And the second thing is the gearbox was actually down down in the house and uh, it really acted like an amplifier. Right, yes. But all yes. the noisy gearbox and everything. But when they went to the Q-Cab tractor, of course, you couldn't notice that. But I honestly think if they had been still going, they would have been the first company to bring out a CVT transmission. Yeah, and very possibly, yeah. The first one to do that. Yeah. But sure some of their some of their hydro shifts like they've never been touched and they have massive hours up in them once you look after never, them. Never been touched. We have eleven hydro shift tractors and we've never had the transmission on one of our own tractors yet. And I'm doing it for customers the whole time and taking them apart and doing what doing different yeah. things to but the biggest thing with Dave Brown and Dave Brown hydraulics is clean oil in the back of them. Once you have clean oil in the back of them, your gear stick boots or gear stick rubbers you want to call them are good. But that kept right. The hydraulics were ahead of any other tractor on the road. Yeah. Like it, when they launched the select the bike hydraulic system on the red 770 actually in 64 you could plow with a plow you're on depth control you could plow with a plow with a wheel on it because you had TCU you had a traction control unit and you also had with very few people even most this day you actually had trailer brakes built into your lift oh, and you put your lift into TCU you switched over your four-way valve you shove your lift lever forward and it all depends on where the control unit was but you had anywhere from 800 to 1200 pounds pressure that was your trailer brakes other people on other tractors used to pump through the sitting pipe but if you put your lever back to the last year 2,200 pounds pressure it was the burst axles and burst brakes and everything else but they have actually had trailer brakes built in that time yeah because I know it myself I drew silage myself with a a 7.7 Ford and it had the trailer brakes were on the on the spool valves and the minute you yeah. touch them they just lock up the trailer brakes come back that's to the road like. that's very dangerous because it's too much pressure going back to a small ramp like that yeah 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 but no they're a very 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 forward thinking company it's just a pity the way things are out but you look that's unfortunately that's life yeah yeah do you know it's interesting now you tell me that David Brown are actually still there they're, we know they're not making tractors anymore but that the company itself is still in, in existence they are yeah I tell you it was a very the way things come and talk about swinging roundabouts in the early 90s the David Brown gear company got a contract making a gearbox assembly a back axle assembly for um, Anko who owned Massey they made this back axle this lift and back axle and everything else and they ended up being fitted back in a Massey tractor mm-hmm. after all them years they started off building tractors for Ferguson I ended up building the back end for a tractor which was an Anko tractor it was badged as Alice and it was badged as different tractors so it was actually one for sale in Dundee a while ago built with a Massey number I think it was a 9240 I think it is or 9840 they ended up that's what they ended up doing Building back starting off, building back end strikers again. Yeah, fantastic. Brilliant. And tell oh. me, over the over the course of David Brown's life, I'm gonna put you on the spot here now, Shane. Do you reckon there's many was there many David Brown tractors left the factory? I remember 
in 77 or 78 was it they, had, they auctioned the 1412 over in Smithfield show and that was the 500,000 tractor built well, that was half a million tractors that time I would say possibly close to 700,000 tractors before they were finished worldwide in yeah in 72 1971 actually David Brown went to the bank looking for a loan to operate the factory yeah. couldn't get tractors out quick enough there was demand such a demand for tractors and the bank said to think about it and he went to America and he went to Case. Case was struggling at the time and he was going to buy a factory off a of Case to build tractors in America so he could get them out there faster naturally enough. Yeah. And he had a deal done with Case and behind his back, the British government, he went ahead and built a new factory which was at the time, even when they showed in AEA, it was the most modern tractor plant in Europe at that stage still. Yeah. And when he went, to done the, the British government done a deal behind his bank to call him up and all his debts and 1970, end of 72, he sold David Brown tractors, he sold Austin Martin, and he sold uh, Thorncroft, which was a crowd that used to build boats and things like that. He left England and he never set foot in England again. No. He moved to Monte Carlo. Brilliant. No, sorry, not Monte Carlo. Uh, it was Monte Carlo that he moved to. Yeah. But Ford actually ended up, Ford ended up owned an Austin Martin, and they made him an honorary president of Austin Martin. But I think cars would be launched, right, and you wouldn't go back to England. No. My yeah. God. Yeah, yeah. Do you know how, what? How, how, how much would England love to have a tractor, a oh. plant to produce tractors now at this stage? Yeah, I know we gave away and we got rid of a lot of our own industry here and our own uh, whatever, like, but England has gotten rid of everything from their coal to their productions to their cars to everything, like. Everything, yeah, I think. So it's only really JCB now and Baselton where they're making New Holland now it's building tractors over so Coventry's gone Massey's gone as well over there Yeah they're all gone like you know and I suppose now when they're after leaving the EU who knows what's coming for them again like Yeah but like all the years of experience all them workers and everything had building them machines and everything like all that was gone because there was no one else to come along after them or anything else when the factories were shut and everything is I no, know, I think it's, it was a big, it was a big mistake. I think. I know nobody will ever come along again. Do you know them people are gone? Them, they, they're just, they will never be there again because it'll cost so much, and with health and safety standards and everything, you won't be left do what they, them, these people done. No, like, I'll give you an example. When we were in Melton one time, we met a man over there that worked in the factory, and he worked from 1971 to 1988. He tested every hydro box ever built. Fantastic. That was his job. Now there's another man there he trained in that would come and do when he was on holidays and things like that. But he's done every gearbox that was ever ever done. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, for argument's sake, if you had a problem with a gearbox, they only went by numbers over there. And if you got back onto Dave Brown or whatever, Dave Brown got back onto him and used to say off the top of his head, whatever, that's nine one six seven gearbox. He went back to his test sheets, where he tested and everything else. He was all all there to tell everything that was done from and everything else. Yeah. You won't get you won't get that kind of thing to the and even myself there, I had a David Brown there a couple of months back. It was a 12-12. And it was, I discovered it was the, the engine was the 46. It was the number 46 12-12 ever built. But yeah. the back end was a different tractor and the front axle was a different tractor as well. But the whole lot was still going. It was just, it was a fantastic tractor. It was... Unbelievable. Like, the hydrogen was so far ahead of its time at the time. Like, it really was... Like, it must have been when it came out in 71, end of 1970. It must have really been, like, buying a CVT friend or something now, maybe buying a Vario friend or something like that. But the same thing now, I tell you, an awful lot of ground dealers in Ireland should really be blamed for this. You know, the tractors were handed out and they were never 
explain to the customer how to use them or anything like that. Yeah. Hydraulics, like you take the hydraulics, it's like the Mac hydraulics. To me, well, anybody knows how to use them, they're so simple. But if you were after having the likes of a Ferguson 20, that you pulled the lift, the lift went up, you let the lift and it went down. And you will give this machine with TCU on it, traction yeah. control, height control, then they just have them lifting against themselves, they have the clue to use them. Yeah, correct, correct. Because I tell you, to go into a different brand, Belarus, where do you, I have a thing about Belarus's, but a fr- friend of mine said to me, he said that was Belarus's biggest problem too. He said they had so many levers and everything, and he said the fellow that came in to buy him was only after being used to a Gray Ferguson or a Dexter or something like that, where they only had one lever, and he said they couldn't they couldn't operate him. He said they they just they just couldn't. David Brown was the same. shift as a break like For that, and I'm told as well if when you're parking up your hydro shift tractor at night, you should leave always kind of leave it in one. Always leave it in one, and look, you can get away with it for years. And the reason for leaving that one is sometimes when you leave them in fourth gear and you can start them up the relief valve, might stick in the gearbox and they'll try to won't change gear at all. All right, okay, okay, okay. That was the main reason for it. Very, very good gearbox when you get used to them. You think of driving it hard, trying to try to really one like all our mowing tractors are there and trying to draw the hydro shift. Even one day, I remember getting the puncture one day, and the tire man said he couldn't come out for two hours. And I waited. I didn't go home with a hook to one without a hydro shift box. Just yeah, to get so yeah. used to using it. Yeah, fantastic. Come here, Shane. Unfortunately, well, I could talk about tractors all day and night, and I could listen to you talk about David Brown for another another two hours, but unfortunately, oh, we I don't wonder, have <laughs> we don't have time. But Shane. Look, yourselves below in Wexford, there, you're, you're still big into David Brown's and you still have a lot of David Brown parts and you break a lot of David Brown's. For anyone listening, they might be in a restoration project or maybe might be still running David Brown's on their farm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we, we, we're selling off a lot of new parts from now as well, but in this area alone, there's still there are about 70 David Brown's still that I look after in this area that we look after. So father look after doing repairs and looking after them. And... Um, we have tried to shift them all cars of Ireland. We didn't have one over here last year from London to get worked on that book. We're looking after them here the whole time and uh, they're on Facebook there. Uh, Jim Gray, the tractor spare is actually, that's my father. Brilliant. And he's kind of, he's kind of took a little bit of a, he's still doing all the work behind the scenes but he's kind of took a little bit of a back seat now so. Yeah. He said yeah. to me one day, it's getting near time for the young lad to step up and the young lad is nearly 40 now so. Yeah, yeah, it's about time you took over now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, so they, they can find you on Facebook, Jim Gray. Jim Gray. Facebook or, yeah, or if you want to, if you want to give out the 
give him his phone number there if you want. Do we have one show to wear? Yeah. Uh, his phone number, it says Jim Gregan, and it's 87 251 Brilliant. Brilliant. Shane, we really appreciate that. And come here, in maybe a couple of more weeks' time, we might come back to you and we might... If you if you're okay with yourself and maybe you're you're oh, after yeah. your first cut of silage, we might get back and we might talk a bit more. And unfortunately, we're not going to get to meet him this year in the hurling, and we're looking forward to it. But anyway, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're going to have to next year now. You got away with it this year. You <laughs> <laughs> got away with it. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Shane, no, you're absolutely brilliant. And anybody listening that's in the process of doing up with David Brown or maybe looking for a couple of parts. Get on to, what, what, what's the name of the Facebook page again? It's uh, Jim Gregan Tractor Spares is the number. Jim Gregan Tractor Spares. Brilliant. Yeah. Come here, Shane. Thank you very much, and I appreciate your, your time and coming out with us. No problem. No problem. Thanks very much. Thank you, Shane. Thank you. Thank that, you. That was Shane Gregan there from Wexford. Um, fantastic. David Brown, legends. Um, I've heard of him a long, long time ago, and I know people that have travelled from Limerick and Kerry and everything down to them to get David Brown parts and um, talk about Shane's father there, Jim. I remember one night I had a 13.94 and I ran out of diesel and hadn't a clue how to bleed the tractor or anything. Not telling you to do this now, um, but rang him up straight away. He was able to tell me exactly what to do and I'd have done him with the tractor going and give him it in about 10 minutes. So if you're listening, Jim, thank you for that. Um, and I wish you the very best to look into the future and keep going with the David Browns and hopefully we'll get back on to you and you can come back on and tell us a few more stories about David Browns. Um, we're going to go to an ad break and we're going to talk to a Kerry man, hopefully, after the ad, if he's available. And he's going to tell us some more about his um, adventures with David Browns. Enjoy the break. We'll talk to you in a few minutes. West Limerick 102. How you doing, folks? You're very welcome back. You're tuned to West Limerick 102 FM. I'm your host, Morgan O'Flaherty. A big thank you there again to, to Shane Gregan and, um, of course, his father, Jim Gregan. I've often spoke to him over the phone um, regarding David Browns and whatever. I appreciate your time there, Shane. Thanks very much for the in-depth, I suppose, interview or analysis on um, the David Brown and the history of David Brown. Um, we have to come up with a longer show and we will go back into it again because um you know there is a lot of history there and it, it it should be remembered and documented and so on um we're back from the ad break and the plan is we're going to go to county county Kerry to talk to a man by the name of a party fuller a man from Kilflynn um now I've heard a lot of stories about Paddy back through the years and cutting silage and everything but Paddy you're on the phone with us and Paddy you were a a strict David Brown man in your day. Yes, I'm David Brown, Dad. Oh, David Brown. Paddy, I'm David Brown. Before we talk about David Brown, would I be right or wrong in saying you were probably the first man to cut silage and carry? I was one of them anyway. Yeah, I. I you had two other people who were doing Tony Fleming and Dears Ready. Very good. Tony Fleming and Dears Ready, Benny McKinley's. Right, and do you know. I suppose you were the first fellow. I remember my father going back a couple of years ago telling me that he was, he was a young fellow at the time, 55 years ago, whenever it was, and he remembers you cutting silage in Corraheen for Connie and Shea. That's right, it's a long time ago. It is, yeah, it is. And um, 
But Paddy, you were we're talking about David Browns anyway this morning. You would have you you always had a fleet of David Browns. Why why David Brown out of everything else that was available? Well, uh, the, the, the reason I had uh, I stopped with David Brown and I finished with him. Uh, the reason I did that was because we were calling Canola and after the road, he was the dealer for him and uh, there was no problem with getting spare parts or uh, any pieces you wanted for him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He, he provided a good service. And was was it just Connie Nolan that provided a good service, or was there a good service nationwide for David Brown in general? Well, there was, there was, there was, there was uh, the, the David Browns. They were based in Dublin, and there was no problem getting parts. You could get parts down tomorrow or the day yeah, after. Very good. And we say what what model of David Brown did you start out with, Paddy? Started with the nineties up to twelve hundred. Very good, brilliant. Oh yeah, okay. And we say, um, you would, I presume the nine ninety. You're talking about the red nine nineties. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like, I suppose when you when you had David Browns for that long and you were at the silent game for that long. I suppose if, in if what was the biggest change that David Brown introduced or Well the twelve fold was the best of the songers for him, that's it. Um that was very that was I don't know, was only four wheel drives around in the, the early stages when I started that was very uh, there was very few four wheel drive tractors available. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like I said the, the Connie Nolan that time was only in the road. And we say Will it say, Paddy, when you were when you were when you were on the road and all this, if you wanted to buy a new tractor now or a new David Brown or whatever, would you be waiting long in the dealership for him or? You wouldn't be waiting five minutes for him because Connie Nolan had him first off. Well, he threw him out the door too straight away. Oh, that's all he wanted that in return. Yeah. And I suppose, do you remember what prices the the tractors would have been? Six hundred pounds, which was a lot of money. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a fair contrast to what new tractors are costing today. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Shift or did you have the normal gearbox? Normal gearboxes, normal gearboxes, uh, the, the 1200 12 speed gearbox. They were, they, were, they were very well geared. Alright, okay. And we'll say, you, you, you know, we'll say you, you would have fleeted David Browns on the road, but like you you done some desperate mileage travelling to, to cut silage, but you, do, from, would you have come? Oh my god. Yeah, which. But you know, that was a massive expense. Like, for people that might know Corrine, Corrine is 
we say five, six miles west of Tralee and Tralee then to Newcastle West, it'd be another 25 or 30 miles. So you're, you're talking maybe, we'll say, a 40 mile radius of your own house. But I suppose. But there was nobody, there was nobody over, we call it the sad side of the North City. There was nobody beside us over there. No, 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 no. And we said, uh, if, if, like, when contractors were so scarce, we said it was only three at that time, um, I thought most other farmers were cutting hay and all this kind of stuff. Well, yes, and that's the Gary Dillon, the carriers was actually in for a while, for a long time. Oh, very good. Oh, yeah, Gary, uh, the, the rubbish fella now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, you know, I suppose you know we were saying there before we were talking to 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 Shane, like a contractor, the farmers now when they ring, they wanted to cut this evening or the first thing tomorrow morning. But I suppose that time had you the list of fellas you were calling to, I presume. Yeah, 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 yeah. They weren't too worried about the sugar content to the they grass. They weren't worried about it at all, but they had no other chance. Yeah, I suppose not. I suppose not. There was no one there. And was, was it double chops and single chops in you had? No, no, no. All single chops, sir. All single chops. And you had, you had the tw- we'll say that time then at the latter end, you had the 1200 cotton. And what did you have drawing or? 1990 as well. 1990 as Oh, very good, very good. But I suppose, we say, Paddy, you know, when you were travelling that, that amount of distance and that radius or whatever, like, I suppose, you were you were better than any sales rep for David Brown tractors. Well, you see, they the, 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 the did a lot of, they did a lot of tractors. They had six, uh, six uh, David Browns in the lower that table. Yeah, yeah. Do you know, like when the, when the farmer saw you with the David Brown, he knew at that stage that it was it would have been a quality machine, and if he was thinking of buying a tractor, he probably would have followed you. He did, yeah, he did, yeah, an absolute uh, plethora. Yeah, he had uh, he had uh, mighty stores as well, like uh, quite quite the stores, and he just had to go to up in the counter and all that for but I suppose that's the secret to any to any dealership, whether it be oh, tractors or cars. If we can't get a pad for, if we can't, if we're on our contract, if we can't get a pad for a machine, so it's no good for you. No good for you. No, no good whatsoever. And um, I suppose yeah, but like uh, the farmers then and everything else, and you know, we'll say if you were still at it today, do you think you'd still have David Brown tractors? I would be having no woman say that. You see, because we would be asking for. Yeah, and were they an easy enough tractor to work on? That was very simple, very straightforward. Yeah, 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 and no problem with parts. All, right? all, all the parts were interchangeable. Oh, were they all right? Okay, so what would fit the 990, it fit the 1200 and so on? Yeah, so that was, that was a massive bonus even to the dealers. Oh, are they, are they after that long as well, yeah? I wasn't in the early days, but I was in the 
And when, when, what year did you first go out? What year did you start cutting? And when, when did you finish up then? Time, time to give it up. Paddy, if you if you don't mind me asking you, on what age are you now? I'm uh, 78. 78. You you sound a very kind of fresh man for 78. I am sorted. That's the job. That's the job. But um, no, I suppose look, David Brown was it was there. But of course, they had a full range in of tractors. Where do you wanted the big twelve twelve hundred, or where do you wanted the yeah, or where do you wanted the small one like the seven seventy? Joe, they had a full range for everyone. Fantastic! They had a full range, and of course they had all their own, they had their own plows and loaders and everything else to go with them. They had a good stock of loaders, right? They had, yeah. And what, what did you have in the silage pit then, Paddy? Oh yeah, fantastic. With a David Brown loader again. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so you're recovering a massive, a massive square of ground. Oh, I've covered a lot of ground. Yeah. A lot of ground. Yeah, yeah. And did you ever get to go to England to see the the David Brown factory? No, no. No interest in going. No interest at all. I've been to England the Smithfield show. That's all. Go to the Smithfield show every year. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Tell me, Paddy, I thought that'll do us. And, and thanks for your insight into into David Brown tractors and what they were like to deal with going back in, I suppose, the 60s and 70s and 80s as a contractor. Well, it was cutting all that made it really like cutting all the fault of us and and Yeah, yeah, and he was so close in as well, of course. That's all, yeah, that's all. And was there other David Brown dealers? I know Buckley's were David Brown dealers. or. That, that were Buckley's, wasn't David Brown was all the same. Buckley's wasn't there? Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's uh, it. Colin Nola was the main dealer for Kerry, that's it. He yeah. was the only dealer in Kerry, I'd say, that's him, yeah. Thought he was the only one. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's it, so, Paddy. Come here. Thanks for coming on with us, and I appreciate your time. And we'll talk to you again, Paddy. Thanks, Paddy. Thank you. That was Paddy Fuller there from um, Kilflin in kind of North Kerry, just outside Tralee. Paddy cut silage for years and years and years. I can remember Paddy. Well, I don't remember Paddy. My father told me about Paddy, that my father was in his mid-70s. 
and my father would have been maybe 12 or 13, so 60, don't try to do my maths here, he would maybe 55 years ago, he met Paddy cutting silage, and he was the first, Paddy Fuller was the first man my father ever saw cutting silage, just west of Tralee there, about five or six miles west of Tralee, for a man by the name of Connie and Shea, and um, he had David Brown tractors, and um, he was just... Yeah, that was it. He just had a, a fleet of David Brown tractors. Um, thanks again to Shane Gregan, below Wexford, who gave us an insight into, I suppose, David Brown tractors. Thanks again to Paddy Fuller, who gave us, I suppose, an insight into why he went with David Brown tractors. And the, his answer, his simple answer was, because they had a, f a fantastic dealership. And the parts were easy to get. I suppose that's kind of the secret to, to any dealership or to any brand of tractor or car or whatever you're trying to sell you need good quality dealerships you need good quality parts and you need to have parts available for the person um i suppose that's kind of it for myself um only to say there is you know we, we started this uh youtube channel i have a couple of bits and pieces up on it there's if you want to go looking at david brown's i have an 8080 david brown up on it there's the 990 David Brown, there's a, a bit of a video on a 1394 case David Brown, which is the later one. Um, a couple of bits and pieces like that, the 990 Red David Brown, I only put that up the other day. Um, to find it, very simple, just go into YouTube and type in Morgan O'Flaherty, please like and subscribe. Um, and we, after we were doing the show last week, we had a big heap of calls. Um, from people wanting to know would we repeat the show because we done it last week on Ford cars and um, and Ford cars and Ford factory and Cork and Ford in general and a lot of people have asked me and will ask me and asked the radio station about repeating the show so thanks to Patrick there Patrick set up I don't know what we're going to call it is it going to be a kind of um, a podcast or what I'm not too sure I'm not big into these things at all but Patrick set up a kind of a podcast thing for me so all I know how to find it is if you go into Google type in Morgan O'Flaherty and type in country life it comes up now there might be an easier way of getting it I'm going to talk to Patrick um, over the next couple of days and um, see if an easy way of get, getting to it but that's how I found it anyway and Patrick set up for me so hopefully this show will go up in it in the next maybe hour or whatever, and we can have the David Brown show, you can go back and look at the Ford show, that's kind of the plan. Um, now, as for the plan for next week, if you ever heard of a car called the Shamrock, um, the Shamrock was a car that was, they built one of them in Trulli, um, and I think they went up into Ashburn after that, and they built some few more of them. Not too up to date in the Shamrock, but the fellow we had on last week talking about Ford cars, um, he's going to come back on again, uh, Dave Corn. he's going to come back on again, and he's going to tell us all about the Shamrock car next week. So it was built in Ireland, built one of them built in Tralee, I think there, I think it was Drogheda actually, I think it was Drogheda that were built in, the, 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 the few of them, there wasn't a whole pile of them built, so they're scarce enough, rare enough car. But that's it for myself. Um, thanks for tuning in. I hope you're enjoying the new show. We're evolving. That's what all I can say. We're evolving as we go. Uh, we went for interviewing people for vintage rallies to track the runs, um, to doing a bit of country music. I know we're doing 
maybe little documentaries we'll call it on on tractors so next week like i said we're going to do the shamrock car and after that we'll come up with some other plan we'll, we'll be making it up as we go along i hope you're enjoying it i'm actually enjoying it um uh, getting into it now until we're at it long enough we want to be getting good at it and we're getting into it but look check it out um next week friday morning um quarter past eight there thereabouts we have the with dave corner myself talking about the shamrock car go on to youtube and look at my videos on youtube there's a good few of them there at this stage very easy to find morgan o'flaherty in the in the search item that'll bring me up and um the other side of the end is like i said thanks to patrick there patrick set up a kind of a podcast thing for us it's on i think it's on spotify and whatever um not too well into it so don't be don't be asking me um going to google and type in morgan o'flaherty the name of the radio program country life and um you'll get it up and go in there and click on it and um you'll have last week's ford show on it and you'll have today's david brown show on it and Look, we, we, we'll go from there and we'll make it, like we said, we'll be making it up as we go along and we'll be getting better at it every day. Um, thanks again for yourself for tuning in. Of course, we wouldn't be here only for you. Um, I hope you're all staying at home even though they're talking of easing off restrictions. But look, I'm not even going to talk about it. Just all I'm going to say is wash your hands. And if you are going out, just do so with, with a bit of caution. Um, I know it isn't easy, people trying to stay at home and... I am kind of was sick of myself at this stage as well. But look, it's all for the cause. We have to do it. And um, we will get through this. I have no doubt in my mind about it. We will get through it and we will get over it. And we will get out there and we will have vintage rallies and we will have all this stuff again. Um, but look, we're survivors. That's what we are. We've survived everything else. We've survived famines. We've survived plagues. We've survived everything. Um Maybe they do leave their mark, which I suppose they do really, but we have come out the other side of it and we're going to come out stronger. Um, as the saying is, stay apart, so stay stronger. So wash your hands, stay at home, and um, keep safe. Thanks again to Patrick. Patrick Sheehan will be absolutely lost without you. Um, stay at home, stay safe, and uh, I'll talk to you next Friday morning where we're going to talk about the Shamrock Motor Car that was built in Tralee and Drogheda County Lowes. All right, guys, enjoy your weekend. And I'll talk to you later. Bye now. You have been listening to Country Life with Morgan O'Flaherty on West Limerick 102 FM. Mm-hmm.